Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Let's go. Mondays, man. Best day of the week. And on this episode of the mindset segment of the Dreamology podcast, we're going to be focused on studying purpose today. And this was a concept that I found about two years ago in my journey. And it's four simple steps to discovering purpose. And truly, it's completely reframed the way I've looked at my life, the way I've looked at having a reason for being, and the way I've looked at just being happy each and every single day. And so this has been huge for me. I learned it from one of my you know, mentors that I study and I'm passing it on to you and I'm hoping that it has the ability to change your life too. And so I have talked about this concept before, but before I introduce it, I'm just gonna mention where I got it from. And so if you know me well, you know the work of the Blue Zones is uh, something that I really enjoy, that I think is very powerful. And there was a man named Dan Butner and he studied the five areas of the world with the longest living and healthiest people. And he labeled them the blue zones. And one of them was Okinawa, Japan. And now Okinawa, Japan had the highest percentage of centurions in the entire world. So people over 100 years old. I'm talking about 107, 108 years old, still gardening, still moving about, still living a normal life. Things that seem almost impossible. And they have this life philosophy, and the Japanese life philosophies are just so powerful and so strong. And this one is called Ikigai, which is basically translated as your reason for being. And the coolest thing I think about this Japanese concept is that they literally don't believe in the idea of retirement. Like retirement, there is no word in Japanese for retirement. They use this word, Ikigai, which means reason for being. So not looking at their life saying, okay, I'm going to do this thing until I'm 65, then I'm going to retire, then it's going to be X, Y, and Z. The whole part of their existence is simply based off this idea that we as humans have a reason that we exist and our whole lives, we always follow through with that reason. And that's how we use our, that's, we basically use it as a compass, right? We use it as our guide throughout our life. And that is how we choose to live our lives. And so I thought this was such a powerful reframing. Instead of looking at our life as, okay, I get a job, I work for 40 years, I retire, and you're more viewing the what and the little, you know, kind of checkpoints along the way, you're embodying a reason for being instead, and each and every moment of your life has a very strong purpose, and you're not looking to the past or the future to fulfill some aspect of, of you and your existence. You're looking to the right now, the here and the present about what is my reason for being alive today and how can I go live that out? And so there's four parts to Ikigai, and that's what we're going to go over today. And it'll be short and sweet, but very powerful. And so the four areas of this concept is the intersection of what you love, what you are good at, what the world needs, and what you can make money off of. And so I'm going to break down each of those very quickly so you can kind of get a little bit of an example as to what I am talking about. And so the what you love. And now this is a pretty easy place to start, right? So if you took out a piece of paper and you wrote down all the things that you love to do, no matter what it is, right? It could be playing basketball for me. It could be reading books. It could be talking to people. It could be cooking. It could be music, you know, literally whatever it is. But write down everything that you love to do. And the next step, I would say, is take it a level deeper, right? So if you think about, okay, I love... I love talking to people. I love having conversations. Okay, cool. Take that one step deeper. What is it about conversations that I really love? 
well, I love being able to listen to people's problems or I love being able to joke and have fun, right? So take everything a level deeper. I'll give you an example in my life. So as a kid, like most kids, I wanted to be an athlete. Um, I guess I still am an athlete, so I will specify. I wanted to be an NBA basketball player, right? And I loved basketball. Basketball was everything to me. And what I realized as I graduated is, taking a level deeper that there was very specific things within basketball that I loved. I loved the competitive nature of it. I loved the process of training and seeing a result. I loved the teamwork aspect that everyone needed to fulfill a role. I loved being able to be a leader on a team and find different ways to lead. And so just, I didn't realize it in the moment, but as I reflected, I said, okay, a level deeper, there's a lot of very specific things about basketball that I loved. And so I think what I'd ask you to do for this what you love segment which is what I did is I wrote down all the things that I love to do and I just took it all a level deeper and from there you kind of started to notice some similarities right you start to really pull out some things like okay it's this thing that I really like it's this thing that I really like and you know you start to kind of find like okay maybe something around this is the thing that I really love you know maybe you start to find some commonalities between all those things that you wrote down and honestly over time you know we build on it I think this idea of finding what you love you know, I was lucky, I think, at a young age that I really found some things that I love pretty early, but some people don't. And so I think a big part of this, and this was a big part of what I also did the last two years, is you really got to try a lot of stuff. You know, you got to build on it. When you're young, it's pretty hard to know what you love if you haven't tried a lot of stuff. And so, you know, when I made the choice my senior year at University of Wisconsin-Madison to dive into this entrepreneurial journey, like I tried probably 10 plus different things. I made 30 different business plans. I talked to hundreds of people. Like, you know, it's a lot of process and really getting in there in the trenches to figure out what you don't like. You know, that's a big part of it too, right? You got to get in there, figure out what you don't like. And the same thing on that end. When you try something you don't like, you have to get a level deeper and say, what was it really that I didn't like about this? Maybe it wasn't the whole situation. Maybe it was just a piece of the puzzle. And so you combine, you know, that thing of like, okay, here's what I do like and here's why. Here's what I don't like and here's why. And over time, you're going to start to really find your way through life and find the things that you really do want to do. And then you start to build on that over time. And so I think a great example of this and how this can go wrong, um, you know, a lot of people... Um, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I was I was in school and I love math, so I went into finance, I went into engineering, right? And it, it's a very it's a very surface level thing. So I don't want you to make that mistake. I don't want you to say, oh, well, you know, I'm good at math or I'm good at this, so I'm just going to do this and that's going to be it. And obviously the other parts of this concept will eliminate that thinking, but I just always want you to take this a step deeper and say, okay, I like math, but what is it about math that I really like? Because then you can start to find different areas of like, where else could I apply that? You know, maybe I do like math. Maybe math's not really my thing, like for for sure. But what is the variable in there? Because once we start to identify the variables, then we're going to be able to really do something with it. So the first step is what you love. The second step is what you are good at. And this is this is really powerful. And we don't talk about this in school at all. But you know, in school, we're we're trying to be judged on a wide variety of things. If we're really good at math, we're bad at English, we're encouraged to get better at English. If we're really good at science, but we are bad at, you know, foreign language, we're encouraged to get better at foreign language, right? We're encouraged to basically just be good at everything, but not excel at our strengths. And in the world, it is about excelling at your strengths. What are you good at? What can you give to the world at a big level? You look at anybody who's doing anything important, anything big, 
they found a narrow focus and they focused on the things that they are really good at and they let the rest be. And so I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about, no, I got to make my weaknesses better. And to some extent, yes, if you have a weakness that is making you less happy, if it's really holding you back, then yes, you do want to turn that into a strength. But if your weakness is math and you want to be an artist, then you don't have to get better at math. It's not going to make you a better human being. You know, I think that intelligence is often judged on a funny scale. It's, it's judged one way. We're all judged on our intelligence in one way in school. And there's many kinds of intelligence, right? What makes a chef or an artist any less intelligent than an investment banker? Well, it's simply the school system standard of what success and, and you know, intelligence looks like. And so what we're doing here is we're really going to try to identify what are my strengths? What am I good at? And the best way that I discover this in my life, really, is I went to about 10 people in my life and I asked them, what are my superpowers in a non-corny way, but it sounds corny, but like, what am I really good at? And it's funny because I actually got the same two answers over and over and over again. I go, oh, okay, cool. People who are close to me identified these two things. That must be what I'm really good at. That must be how I make them feel. Another thing you can obviously do is take like a Myers-Briggs strength test, which is very powerful. Or you can just write down things on your own that you think you are that you think you are good at. But basically the idea here is again taking it a step deeper and say, you know, what are those things that I can really give to the world? Um, because if you can combine this with what, with what our next step is, with what the world needs, you know, that's a really good way to find an everlasting reason for being, which is okay, I'm good at these things and the world needs these things. And you pair those two things together. And all of a sudden you found, you know, a pretty simple way to find purpose in your life, right? It's, it's usually this pretty complicated and big picture thing that we think about, which is this idea of purpose and finding, you know, finding it and everyone kind of stresses out about it. But if you just break it down to this saying, what are you good at and what does the world need? It makes the problem a lot simpler. And so let's transition into that third step right now, which is what the world needs. And this is about finding problems you care about, right? So it can be on a big scale, whether that's global warming or obviously like hot topic right now is, is or always has been social injustice. Um, maybe it's people's happiness. Maybe it's mental health, whatever it might be. You know, it can be big things. It can be small things you find yourself being very passionate about. Um, or it can be, you know, things you've been through. I found that through a lot of my interviews a lot of people's purpose come from some sort of pain they experienced in their life. And they say, I went through this and I never want anyone to go through this ever again. You know, that's really how a lot of people find their purpose in life. And so if you don't know a big problem you care about yet, just be in tune with when you're struggling and you're going through things. Ask yourself, hmm, like when I get out of this and I look back at this, is this something I want to help people with too? Is this something I feel passionate about helping others overcome just like I did? Um, because again, people will listen to you a lot if you went through something, overcame it because they're going to want to know how to do the same thing. And so what the world needs, basically identifying the problems you care about, big and small, that you can fulfill. And so, so far, again, we've gone over what you love, what you are good at, and what the world needs. And then finally, the fourth thing is obviously we all got to make money. So what you can make money off of. Now, I don't want you to count something out at first glance. You know, another thing that we hear in school a lot is, Oh, you study that? Well, what are you going to do with that? You know, how are you going to make money off of that? You know, I think like psychology is a great example of well, what are you going to do with, you know, as a psychologist? How are you going to make money? And it's, it's the first question people go to and they're so skeptical. And the reality is in today's world, the digital world and, and just the world of the rise of entrepreneurship, like there's so many ways to make money. 
And so don't count something out right away, like vet it. You know, can you start a small stream of income? Can you ask 50 people about an idea that you have? Can you do some research online? Can you find a, a mentor? Can you research different industries? You know, be resilient and be diligent. Really give it a thorough effort. Don't just count something out and say, oh, there's no way I can make money off of this. I think an example is one of my friends wants to be an artist. Uh, she paints, she draws. And at fir- like first she told me, yeah, I want to I wanna start doing this, but I just don't know how to make money off it. And it's just a very limiting belief that you're starting from because your, your, your belief going into it is, okay, I can't make money off of this. But what if you ask yourself instead, how can I make money off this? How can I find wealth and success out of this idea? And after 10 minutes, I said, well, you could you know, sell your art to people on, on, online. You could do a subscription model box where you're giving different themed arts to people different weeks. You could go to farmer's markets and sell your art. Like After five minutes, we had five to 10 ideas. So don't have any limiting don't have any limiting beliefs off of what you can do. You know, really try to ask yourself how. And maybe it's on your own, but maybe it's for someone else. But there's a lot of ways to make money in this world. And I'm pretty sure that if you find again those strengths and pair it with the problems that the world has, you're gonna be better at finding out ways to make money off of that. And the biggest thing I've learned from all my interviews and everything that I've done in entrepreneurship so far is that really if you start with the problem, if you start with what people are going through, you know, you get paid more for the bigger the problem you solve people's lives, basically. The more value you can provide people's lives. And so when you're thinking about how can you make money off something, again, go back to that problem. Think like, okay, what is the problem people are having and how can whatever I want to do provide value to them because that's a pretty good test too of how if if what you're thinking about or what you want to do can make you money and so just to recap the four areas were what you love what you are good at what the world needs and what you can make money off of the answers won't come right away but if you start to fill in the pieces you're going to start to discover what your reason for being is, and that's a pretty sweet spot to be in. And like I said, we just went through those four steps, and they're really not that complicated, right? To start to give a first rough draft at this thing and then build it over time. And how, how I kind of like to say it is there's sort of three steps to this process. One is you're sort of discovering your purpose. So you're filling in the rough draft of this, and that is your purpose at first, kind of discover it. The second part is you fulfill it. You're living it out, and that's what you're doing every single day. And the third part is that it transcends, right? The purpose, it can change over time. It can evolve. Maybe something happens to your life, and, and you want to build on what you're already doing, right? So it, those are kind of the three phases I see this. Discovery, fulfillment, and then transcendence is kind of how I see this thing going. So as a recap, you know, this concept was from Okinawa, Japan, and they didn't believe in the idea of retirement. They didn't believe in the idea of you do something just to make money, just so you can sit in your butt all day. They believe in this idea of the reason for being, the ikigai. And it has caused them to live long and happy lives. And I want you all to live long and happy life too. And so I really recommend trying this out. Sit down with a piece of paper and again, fill out those four areas. What you love, what you are good at, what the world needs, and what you can make money off of. I hope this episode gave you a lot of value and it really helped you simplify this idea of thinking about purpose and how you can find it in your own life. And as always, take out a notepad 
and really write this stuff down. You know, really write down your big takeaways and how you want to do this in your own life because this was going to ha- that's what's going to help you actually take action and actually do something about it. And like I've been saying in all episodes, if you want to reach out to me, my number is 612-710-4605. You can text me or we can set up a free 30-minute call to talk about your purpose, talk about your dreams, talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. I want to be here for you in your journey because I have some people who are there for me and mine. So with that being said, go out there, make your dreams a reality, and I will see you next time.